Okay, so um, a little over a year ago, uh, once we saw, you know, because uh, about a year ago was when we realized, uh, you know, okay, we've moved five times, we still have a church, you know, and for those of you that don't know, I mean, during COVID, you know, we were here before COVID, and then uh, during COVID, we moved around like five times, okay? I mean, it was like, it was crazy. I mean, I, I, I still run into people in the community, and they're like, hey, where are we meeting at? And I'm like, okay, we've been at Cal Young for a while now, so like, let's go, you know? But that was a very normal thing for me when I, when I would connect with people, and, and it was so tough. And some of the venues we were at were just awful, Okay, I mean, it was awful uh, and, and just different and, and all these different restrictions. And for us, it wasn't even like, hey, what's, what, what are they asking from the, from the government standpoint? I mean, like uh, when we would go rent these spaces, they could say whatever they wanted on top of that, right? So if they said, hey, I want you to preach without shoes on, we feel like that's safer, fine, I'll take them off, right? Like whatever they said. And so, and so it was like, some people be like, that makes no sense. It's like, I don't care if you think it makes sense. I have to do this. <laughs> but we walked through this journey and, and here we are, we're back here. And, and for us, one of the things that, that we felt like God was leading us into is uh, to look for a space for our church, to look for a building. Um, whenever I talk about this, it's important that you hear because oftentimes we just think of that in the context of Sunday. Okay, so I wanna be really clear that... Sunday is a part of what we do, but Sunday is not by any means all that we do, okay? Well, one of the things I love about our church is there is ministry going on every night of the week uh, in, in different places, and uh, there's outreach ministries. Some of those outreach ministries have expanded, so we rent five to six spaces every week in our city to do what we do. Some nights, up to three different spaces uh, to do things. And, and so when we talk about a building uh, and, and the heart behind it, the heart is not to build some big cathedral and that I have this vision of myself standing in front of this massive crowd of this number, right? Like that's, that's never, been, never been the case. Uh, but we, we have, you know, believed like, man, God, uh, it would be so great to have a 24-7, seven days a week ministry hub of outreach in this community. We'd love for that to happen. And, and as we've prayed that, it hasn't been, God, you have to make this happen. We haven't said that. We've just been open to it. And so in the last year, we started walking down this journey. And as we walked down the journey, we were connected with just some phenomenal people in our community, very high-level leaders and just experts in some of these fields uh, that, that are so important when you think of a project like that. And, and, and it was so cool because as we prayed uh, together, as, as our leadership team just prayed, and, 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 and as some of you would ask me, hey, what's going on? What's, you know, and I'd be like, hey, be praying. You know, we, we see God's hand at work here. And it was, it was so neat because as we prayed, it was just like, man, something would get answered and another door would open. And, and ultimately, um, at the beginning of the summer, we, we identified a space that actually worked for us in, a, in, in an area that we felt like was conducive to our church, which is very, very challenging. Because our church draws from up people from all over Lane County and then a lot of college students. And so to the best of our ability, we'd like to find a place that could work for that, right? That could be central. Um, and as we found that space, we we're just so excited. Everything just kept moving forward, working out as we continued to pray over that. Uh, and, and, and then things started to get really like exciting to where it's like, all right, 
the fall. This is what it's going to look like in the fall. And, and I'm going to be sharing this, this vision uh, with all of you and all this and this plan and everything. And then about a month ago, it died. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and when I say it died, that particular opportunity, uh, it went away. And what was so tough about it is there were so many steps of confirmation along the way, right? So, so much prayer going into it. And it's interesting. I remember, I remember when I got the news that it was like, this is not happening. And I had left here on a Sunday about a month and a half ago. We had all these baptisms. It was an amazing Sunday. And I remember getting in the car and we're driving up to the Spokane area where my family's, uh, where my parents are at. And we're going to go spend the week with them. And, and, and I remember getting in the car and looking at my wife and like, man, that was awesome. And we're headed up there and we, and we know we're probably going to hear back this next week. And we're anticipating exciting news. And then we're up there at my parents' house. And then thud. Done. And in that moment, I was just so discouraged and disappointed. So discouraged, so disappointed. I would even say I was confused. And, and, and why I feel like this is so important for us this morning is because I'm going to tell you right now, this is not a popular message, okay? So let's just get it out of the way. If you're going to follow Jesus, some of the most difficult and challenging moments you're going to have are when you're disappointed. They're going to be when you've actually prayed over something, you're following him, you're walking with him, and you believe he's leading you by the hand towards something. And the most difficult moments when you're following Jesus are when you've held his hand, you've walked through, and you're right there, and you're excited, and, and, and you're like, you know what's about to happen, and then, no, a no. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you have walked through that. Some of you are more seasoned in your faith and you're like, man, yeah, that's the worst. Some, some of you are here and you've still never recovered from a moment like that of disappointment. And, 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 and you didn't know what to do, right? You're disappointed. And then also what's so difficult about that is, is you're confused, right? You're, you're evaluating your own heart, your own life, your, you, all these things. And God, where did I miss? Where, where were we off? And was this not like, what, where God? And then, and then what does moving forward look like? Because God, I've got like this, this incredible vision for the fall and all of this. And, and I'm excited. What, what does all of this mean? You know? And so, you know, I did what, what many people do. I went into one of my parents' rooms and I sat there and just had a wine session with God. You know, I've read the Psalms over and over again and I feel like, you know, based upon what I've read, I have permission to do that. So I just went in there and, and, uh, and I'm sure my wife was concerned about me, uh, but I just went in there and, and like, you know, and and I'm just like, I'm just duking it out with God, right? I'm like, God, like, what, what is going on? Why would you do this? Like, you know, this, this is where the church is at and all this. And God, you brought us through all the craziness of COVID and everything else. We're still here. And then now you do this? Like now? Come on. 
This is so discouraging. And all the resources, all the energy, all the prayers. Like, God, why in the world? Why? why? And what does moving forward look like? And on top of it, it's awkward, God, because I'm in my parents' house. This just feels weird. Why do we got to do this here, you know? And it's in that moment that he challenged me. He challenged me. And what he challenged me with is what I want to challenge you with. He challenged me by... Saying, Steve, do you remember what the initial calling on your life was? You remember that? And, and you know, I think, I think when we think about what does it look like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You know, we go to John 3.16, right? We go to that incredible, that beautiful verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And we love that. It's an incredible verse. And we take ownership of that. If we follow Jesus, we say, man, I believe. But what God challenged me with was, hey, Steve, but what does it really mean to believe in me there? What, what, what do I really ask of you? When, if you're gonna really say, I surrender my life to Jesus. What, what does that mean? We, we talk about it. We say, hey, hey have, you, have you received him as your Lord and Savior? Have you made that decision to receive Jesus into your life? Like what really is that calling? And, and, and that's what he challenged me with. And, 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 and so I was reminded of these verses. And one of them was Mark 8.34. In Mark 8.34, it, it's one of the gospels. And it says, and calling the crowd to him with his disciples, this is Jesus, he said to them, if anyone, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Oh my God, if you were going to get me out of this little funk I'm in, that's not the verse. Right? And, but I look at that verse and I go, wait a second. So if anyone would come after me, this is Jesus, like, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And so it's a decision that, that I'm going to make. If I'm going to follow him, it means it's a decision of him over me. And what's even more intense than that is what he says next, right? Because essentially what he's talking about is denying, ultimately picking up your cross, which was a, an instrument of death. In those days, like people didn't look at it and go, oh my goodness, I should get a necklace with a cross on it. Oh, wow, I should totally get that tattooed on me. Like, no, like that was death. That was the, that was torture. Okay, and, 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 so, and, and, and so literally we see the other picture here is what? That, that it's an invitation for you and I to die to ourselves so that we can live for him. Like that's what he's inviting us into. That was the calling. And, and, and so he just started reminding me of these moments, these interactions that Jesus had. And, and, and what was so conflicting about it is how Jesus would respond and act in so many of these settings when he's literally establishing to all these people what it's going to look like to follow him. He responds in the opposite way I think he should respond. Over and over again, in fact, in Luke 14, he, he, he literally has all of these people, this large gathering, this audience, they've heard about him. More and more people are talking about it. They've heard about the miracles. They've heard about the words, the wisdom, all of these things. There's curiosity, and there's this huge following 
for him. And, and, and as you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four separate accounts of Jesus's life, as you, as you walk through those, there's going to be different moments as you read it that you literally go, okay, Jesus, now's the time. Like, here we go. You're ready. Like, declare it. Like, announce it. Make your presence, like, felt in that moment. And, and what happens, like, every time is he does the opposite. He does the opposite. And, and so, and, and I was just thinking about that. Like, man, if you're trying to convince someone to do something, how do you speak about the thing you're trying to convince them to do? Right? Like, like some of you, when it comes to like convincing people, uh, you know, to go to church or convincing people uh, to follow Jesus, you, you highlight what? All of these benefits, Right? You highlight the love of God. You highlight the change in your life, all of these things, and, and, and the blessing and, 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 and all the forgiveness, the grace, the mercy, all these incredible things, right? We, we highlight those things, and there are certain things we're like, I'm not going to say that yet, right? <laughs> in fact, you bring people to church, and you're like, Steve, what are you preaching on today? Seriously, like, what are you talking about? You know, uh, and, and I, think about it, I think about it, man, with, uh, with my kids at the beginning of the summer. We took them to their first amusement park. And they'd never been to an amusement park before. And, and you walk into an amusement park, and, and as you go, and it's incredible. It's an, it's an amazing experience. But when you walk through it with, with kids who have never been in it, it's, it's pretty unique, right? Because this is the first time they're seeing these huge rides. They've never seen them before. They're walking in. They're just like going crazy, like, whoa, what is that? All that. And then they're hearing what? Screams. <laughs> Which I'm like, yeah. But for a child... They're, they're hearing screams, right, for the first time. And, and so they're, they're like confused. And, and so we're walking them through about how fun this is going to be. And my middle child and I, we connect more than just because we're both middles, but he also is more of a daredevil. He's more into the intense rides. And so, and so I'm like, all right, he's going to be my little buddy on some of these rides. And, and one of the rides was this roller coaster. And as, as, as we're walking up to this roller coaster, I am doing everything I can to convince him to get on this roller coaster with me, right? And as I think about talking to him about the roller coaster, what, what am I saying to him? Buddy, it is just like, it's so fun. Like, look at them. Those aren't screams of fear. Those are screams of joy. And, 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 and but like, there's the, like, it's so safe and everybody's getting on. Look at this line. So many people, bud, are having fun. They can't wait to get on it. Oh my goodness. And it's just you and me, bud, father, son. It's going to be our moment. Okay. Your brothers aren't even here right now, right? You and me. So I'm highlighting all the benefits. What am I not telling him? I'm not saying, Hey bud, so there's only one strap. And you see that loop? We're going to go upside down. And when we go upside down, that one strap is the only thing holding you from the ground. And you know what, bud? Those aren't screams of joy. Some people are really afraid. And, you know, and that big drop that you see, you're going to feel your stomach kind of climb. It's going to go up and it's going to want to come out your mouth at that point. You know, like, so those are things that I'm not telling him, am I? Right? I don't know, maybe I'm a cruel parent, but I'm trying to get him on the roller coaster right? I'm excited about the roller coaster. There's so many moments, guys, when, when we're like, we're excited to, to share with someone, to, to, to convince them to do something, and we are highlighting everything that's great in order for them to join, right? And, and when we look at Jesus in the setting, and he's got this huge audience, there's momentum, and, and, and you and I, if we're there, we're like, here it is. 
Here's that moment. And then this is what Jesus does in Luke 14. In Luke 14, 25. It says, now great crowds accompanied him. And he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Boy, you just feel the air going out of the room, right? You're sitting there, you're ready, you're a follower already, and you're like, here it comes. And then as he's talking, you're like, mm. ooh, that's not landing. Oh, that's not good. And slowly, people go, oh, I don't want that. This guy's crazy. And, and, and I go, man, Jesus, you didn't do what you were supposed to do there. But what Jesus does here is he reminds them of the ramifications of deciding to follow him. He actually takes this moment and he says, listen, I want all of you right now to count the cost of what I'm actually calling you to, of what I'm, I'm inviting you into. And, and, and when, he, when he talks about, uh, you know, and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers, and say, okay, that, let's put that into context really quick for the sake of your car ride home today. <laughs> what he's talking about there is not literally go hate them, but he's talking about a priority structure and reprioritizing what is most important in your life. And what he's challenging them with is if you're going to follow me, I need to be more important to you than your spouse, than your kids, than your parents. The things that you hold the closest to. That's what I'm calling you to. That's what I'm inviting you into. And, and I know you don't like that. And so I, I just want to be upfront with you that that's what I'm inviting you into. And so if, 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 if that's going to be more of a priority to you, you can't follow me. If, if, if your life is going to be more of a priority to you, if your comfort, if, if what you want as an outcome is more important to you, then don't follow me. Because what I'm asking for is undivided allegiance. Man, you read that and you go, he's not asking for me to make time for him, is he? Right? He's asking for me to rearrange my time so that he's the priority. And guys, this is what God 
challenged me with and reminded me of while I was whining. And as he's challenging me with this, as he's reminding me of that moment, of, of, of that moment, of, the, of that question when, and that invitation and what it actually uh, was, it, it came with this question. Is everything in your life for him, through him, and because of him? Now, you could rearrange the order. You could say that differently, but I'm just saying it that way because that's how it came to me. That's the question that I was asked in that room. I said, Steve, this is, do you remember? Remember what I called you? Do you remember what that meant? Do you remember what that looked like? And then, Steve, I want you to look at your life right now, and I want you to ask this question. Is everything in your life for me? Is it through me? And is it because of me? That's a really tough question, isn't it? Is everything in my life for him? Now, what does that mean? That means, is everything in my life, is it glorifying to him? Is it, is it, is it worthy of praise, right? Like every opportunity you have is an opportunity to give to God praise, worship. It's never been about just a song, multiple songs, a closing set. Uh, It's never been about that. It's every opportunity in my life is an opportunity to give back praise to him, to glorify him. So it's asking that question. It's asking the next question. Is, is Is it through him? Is everything in my life through him? In other words, are the decisions that I'm making and, and, and the priorities of my life, is it reflecting faith or is it reflecting me, right? And, and Paul was very clear in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. He said, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And so when I look at, is it through him? Uh, that's essentially, what is the driver, right? What, what is that? And, and, and is it what makes sense to me? Uh, is, it, is it things that, that align with my desires? Or can I actually look at it and go, man, man this is, this is going to require faith, and this is a step of faith. And then lastly, the question, is it because of him? What's the motive? What are my motives? Ooh, I don't like that one. What are the motives bef- behind my decisions? You guys, one thing is clear. All throughout Jesus' life, as he walked this earth, is he continually challenged, and specifically the religious elite, he challenged them with their motives, with their heart. No one up until that point had challenged them with their motives. And Jesus, very specific, very clearly, very directly, in fact, uh, he said in Matthew 23, 25, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. Over and over again. Jesus, look at them. Look at what they're doing. Jesus, look at that. Look at that ministry. Look at how good they are. And over and over again, Jesus challenging the heart. And so I have to ask myself, and in that moment when I was with God, he was asking, what's your motive here? What is your motive? Is this because of me? Or Steve, right now, is this because of you? Is everything in your life for him, through him, and because of him? And guys, that's the question I want you to ask. And, and I already know your answer, okay? It's no, 
<laughs> right? Not one of you, when I said that, went, oh, yes, yes, right? We actually did this with our leaders, and one of the leaders went, thanks a lot, Steve. That's a hard no. Like, and, 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 and so it, it's not about you being able to just go, oh, yes, right? That, that wasn't the point. And, and, and I 100% believe God wasn't going, see, you can't say yes there. What God was doing was reminding me of something that I used to do. I used to ask that question. And for whatever reason, I stopped asking that question. I stopped. And guys, just because your answer's a no there, so does that mean we just don't ask the question? We just avoid it, right? I don't think so. I think the point is that that question is recycling. That, that question is, is something that we continue to go back to because what he reminded me of was, Steve, this was at the forefront of your mind when you received me as your Lord and Savior. You evaluated every area of your life before you went all in with me. And man, I remember that moment uh, at, at the coast as I was there uh, alone. And, and I remember counting the costs. <laughs> like, I, I, I remember it was very real. It wasn't this decision of just like, oh, I'm just going to do this and everything's going to be great and, and life's going to be great and oh, I get eternal life and I'm just going to believe. Like, like, no, I knew that if I was going to do that, I, I understood fully what he was calling me into and I knew that it was going to cost some things. And I remember walking through the things that it was going to cost. And, and ultimately, it cost a relationship that I was in that was not a good relationship. And I knew it needed to end. It, it, it costed me uh, <laughs> where I was living. I knew I had to move, like physically move. And I remember doing that. There were very clear things that, 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 that through asking that question, God revealed in my heart, in my life, and what he was doing in this moment of discouragement, in this moment of confusion, was going, Steve, you stopped asking the most important questions. You stopped. And, and what I was doing, you guys, is, is what I believe so many of us do, right? It's... I was just moving forward and, and doing the things that I felt were right. And I was praying along the way, but I was just kind of moving forward by what seemed to make sense, okay, in my journey. And, and, and so I don't look at it and go, oh my goodness, I mean, I was in sin there and all that. No, I look at what I did was I just fell into this rhythm of doing Christianity, and it's not like, oh my goodness, my, your rhythm is awful and, and you're disqualified and you're, and, and, and how could, no, it was just, it was just the, the reality that I had just gone through these motions and they weren't like bad motions, but they were still, they were things that just became a normal, a consistent, a healthy rhythm for me. And as I just operated into this rhythm of what Christianity is just supposed to look like, right? which ultimately is me like creating this bar. And as long as I just keep measuring up to that bar, everything's good. And, and that's how a lot of us operate, right? We just fall in line to this rhythm, this consistency, uh, this, this what, we, what we think the relationship needs to be at. We never ask how good could it be. We always just ask, is it good enough? Have you ever noticed that? And, and what happens is as we just move into that rhythm and we just go, one is we, we start, we stop to even like, we don't think anymore, right? We just go with it. 
And, and it's like, as long as the doors keep opening, we just assume everything's in alignment with God's best for me. And, and, and we've stopped asking this question, this difficult question of actually going, no, is, is everything in my life right now for him, through him, and because of him? And guys, oh, man, and this is so frustrating, but man, I'll admit it. Why in the world does it always take me getting just rocked for me to ask the most important questions? Why? Why? Why do I have to be alone in my parents' room, whining, disappointed, confused, for me to finally ask a question, the questions that defined the calling on my life when he first saw me in that pathetic state and said, I want you. Why? Why? Guys, here's what's so tough about this. If I'm gonna to choose to consistently ask this question, if I'm gonna consistently put myself back to where I was when I first surrendered my life to Jesus, what's so difficult about that is I know that I am going to be in the minority of people who claim to be Christians. And you need to know that. If you're going to ask that question consistently in your life, you are, are, you're gonna be looked at as, honestly, people are gonna think you're weird. And not just like people who don't know God, who are far from God, but, but other Christians, other people that go with you to church, family members, people that say they, they believe the same thing, they're gonna go, what's, no, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing that? Like, no, like that's too much or that's, that's extreme. That's, I, why, are, why are you thinking that way? Why are you operating that way? And guys, this is, is not a new thing. This is consistent all throughout scripture. We see this. Right? That's, that's why in Matthew 7, he talked about wide is the gate of destruction and very narrow is the road, right? And very few, that road of righteousness, very few are going to choose it. Jesus told us this. Throughout scripture, we see this consistently modeled. In fact, in the Old Testament, uh, in the book of Numbers, in Numbers 14, actually, uh, in Numbers 14, the, the, the situation that's just taken place is, is God has already said, right? He's rescued the nation of Israel, rescued them out of slavery, and he's already declared, that is your promised land. That's your promised land. That's a pretty special thing, right? For God to, like, some of us just dream of that moment where God's like, I've rescued you, you from that. There's your promised land. It's yours. I've already provided it for you. Go take it. That's like, okay, fantastic, <laughs> Right? And, and, and we look at that moment and we go, wow, what an incredible moment for them. They've wandered around in the desert. Here they are. They're finally right on the edge of the promised land. And what's great is what? This is the nation of Israel. This is the people set aside for God to be holy, right? They all should be synced up. They all are worshiping God. They, they, they have that mutual understanding. And so what do they do? They send these scouts, these 12 scouts into the land. And guys, at this point, I'm thinking this is just a formality, right? Like, you're just going to go scout it out to do your due diligence. Some of you have fallen in love with a house, and, and you're like, man, they don't need to check that. I love it. I want it, right? And, and you think of, they're going into this promised land. It's already promised. It's already yours. So he sent these 12. Okay, this is a formality. Let's just check. Let's make sure everything. Let's get a lay of the land and all of that. And, and man, if I'm with them, I'm like, okay, that's where my house is going. You know, I mean... And, and so there they are, and they're looking at the different cities and that. But God has already said, that's yours. That's yours. I've given it to you. Have you seen what I've done? That's yours. They come back, 
Once again, all of them acknowledging God, once again, knowing the promise, and what happens? Only two say we can do it. Only two. Only two. Now, were they, man, oh, they have a different religion. Uh, No. All under God, set aside by God. All 12 of them, they come back, and yet only two say we can do it. And as I was thinking about the cost, as I was thinking about what that means, as I, as I was thinking about how difficult the question is, everything in my life for and through him, and because of him, uh, he reminded me like, hey man, if, if you're going to do this, you're going to be alone. Look at, look at history, Steve. And so I, 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 rem, I, I just went back to that space, and then I read this verse in Numbers 14, 24. Because the two people were who? Joshua and Caleb. They were the only two spies who said, we can do this. We need to do this. He said we could do it, so let's go. And in Numbers 14, 24, this is what we read, and this is so important for you. And this is so important for some of you who um, have never really defined your faith. Maybe you've just gone through the motions. Some of you have just kind of adopted your family's faith. Or maybe you just, you just heard, hey, man, you just believe this. Eternal life is yours. You never counted the cost. Uh, you've never fully understood what it meant to surrender. And, 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 and when I'm talking about, hey, what he's calling us to, you're sitting there going, oh, my goodness. Well, you need to hear what he says here. In Numbers 14, 24, this is how it describes Caleb. It says, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit, and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. So there, there I am, right, in my parents' room, talking about Caleb now. And I read, he has a different spirit and has followed me fully. And I go, what in the world? He has a different spirit and has followed me fully. Will we fully follow him? Will you have, and culture will affirm this, will you have a different spirit? Will you fully follow? See, wherever you're at in this room today, you have a choice, right? If you've never received him as Lord and Savior, if you've never said, God, I, I, I see my sinful state. I know where I'm at. I'm broken. I'm disconnected from a perfect and holy God. And through the work of Jesus on the cross, I, I have this opportunity to be reconciled to God through his finished work on the cross and the resurrection. So God, I receive that. I give you my life from this moment on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna serve you. I'm gonna follow you. Some of you, that's the decision. For others of you, if you're a Christian and you call yourself a Christian, you've gotta ask, What does that really look like to you? What does that look like? Because I'll tell you right now, when you look at cultural trends, you have a choice, right? You have a choice to to reflect on Numbers 14, 24 and go, man, am I going to have a different spirit? Am I going to fully follow him? Or I I can go, hey, you know what? Culture, Christianity right now, this is great. I can fall in alignment to that. Church, eh, we'll see. Um, You know, 
outreach, man, eh, people aren't really outreaching right now. People actually just want to keep peace right now because everybody's so divisive. So I'll never share my faith. I don't want to invite people. I just want to keep the peace right now. And that commitment, don't even ask a commitment. That's so three years ago, right? Like, like so, so here we are. And that, like, that's just culture right now, right? That's, that is, is, is where we're at. And, and so here we are, and we're like, do we just fall in alignment to that, or do we actually act, ask the question, for me personally, for me, for my family, what does it look like for me to fully follow him, knowing the cost, knowing the calling? And, and guys, I'm going to tell you right now, the thing that was so encouraging uh, for me in that moment when I, when I was like processing, will I fully follow him, is God reminded me in that moment all that he's doing right now. And it was no more just this whining, disappointment, confusion. He's like, hey, remember when you got in your car last week and drove up here? And, and, and remember how amazing that was? I did that. You didn't do it. Look at what's going on in the church. Look at the stories people are telling you about. They're, they're sharing with you. Think of like there's people that are coming in that have never been into any type of religious space or they come from different religions. They're confused. They're coming. People are sharing their faith. The freshman incoming class is the biggest incoming class they've ever seen at U of O. All these things are happening right now. And Steve, listen, I've told you before, if I wanted to kill the church, I had five chances to during COVID. You're still here, right? So what are you gonna do? Will you fully follow me? Will you do it? If not, I can replace you. At that point, I was like, okay, replace me. (laughs) Will we fully follow him? Because, man, guys, this is an incredible moment in time. Incredible. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we shall walk in them. He's already prepared the way. He's already equipped our church. He's equipped you and your family and your work. He's given you giftings. There is absolutely nothing that's going to happen in your life that's going to surprise him. And guys, he's never needed a building to do what he wants to do with this church. Never needed it. And so if he does it, fantastic. I'll be the first to run down that aisle. If not, if not, we're going, to keep, we're going to keep going because he is at work here in, in remarkable ways. And, and I want to just challenge you with this prayer request. In Luke 10, Jesus tells us how to pray. You're like, no, that's not in Luke 10. Well, just listen to this part where he says, and he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Do we believe that? Do we actually believe that? Because if we believe it, we would be praying for it, right? Like we'd be praying for God to send people out. But here's the challenge for you. Here's my challenge. If you're going to pray for that, make sure you're open to be, make sure you're open to becoming, to make, I can't even speak. Did a wedding last night. Make sure you are prepared because you just may be the answer to that request. If you're going to pray, God, send someone, right? God, send someone to that campus. Oh, God, they need you. Man, those college students are crazy. God, please send someone. Ooh, better be careful for that request. God, make yourself known to that person. Man, they need to see you, God. Make yourself known. God, bring someone into their life. 
God, help them see you. God, I pray that you would just change this work environment that I'm in. God, change it. Do something remarkable. I don't know who you need to use, God, but do something, right? So guys, ultimately, here's what's happened. Across the board, we've become so distracted. Talking to each other, about all this stuff, arguing about all this stuff. And meanwhile, the world is crying out for help, looking for a savior. And many of us don't even see them. And so will we open our eyes? Will we pray to the Lord of the harvest? And will we be open to fully following him into what he has next for you and for me? Guys, our core values are very clear. We're gonna glorify God. We're gonna love one another. We're gonna walk in truth. We're gonna proclaim the gospel. We're gonna be led by the Holy Spirit. And we're gonna pursue excellence in all of that. And so we're gonna move forward by faith and we're excited and you play a role in that. And I wanna just challenge, as I've been challenging the last couple of weeks, there's a couple of ways that, that, that are very specific. One is, man, if you haven't been volunteering, I would encourage you to pray about volunteering. I pray about signing up. We have so many people uh, that um, are serving in various capacities. And man, we need more. It's just, it's a gift. There's lots of kids. There's youth. There's, uh, there's all, all the things that make the gatherings happen. We'd love for you to help us with, with volunteering. Another thing is, you heard the testimony. Some of you need to be discipled. You need to understand what it looks like and what it means to follow Jesus. And we would love to walk through that with you. It's been remarkable to see all the people, 80 people this year go through that and walk through that. And what a gift, what a blessing. People are hungry for God's word. So what are we gonna do about it? They're hungry for understanding. They wanna know the truth. What are we gonna do about it? So let's be used by God for that. And next week we've got baptisms. And let's just be ready to respond to however he leads us to respond. Amen? Let me pray for us.